Welcome to The Standard. The Standard is on a mission to champion the pursuit of excellence and fight against the celebration of mediocrity. For those who refuse to lower their standards, for those who can't raise their own, this is The Standard. For fitness, for family, for life. The day I yelled at my toddler for waking up too early from her nap was one of the most shameful moments of my life. It also marked the beginning of my shift onto a new, better path. I was 30 when I became a father. 12 years of unencumbered adult life had cemented me at a certain level of selfishness. My career as a firefighter afforded me an abundance of time off, time I used to pursue hobbies and additional career paths. I would spend my days at work on one of the busiest engine companies in my county and my days off standing in front of a painting easel convinced I was on my way to a rewarding second career. When my daughter was born, I was sure I could maintain the pursuit of a demanding career, a time-intensive side hustle, and still play Mr. Mom when my wife was at work. How hard could it be, right? Most days, I could get the kiddo down for a nap for an hour or so after lunch. This was my time. Nap time was when I would shirk my role as a father and don my painting apron. This particular day was not much different from any other. I'd come home from work, had breakfast with my family, then taken over parental duties as my wife absconded to work. The kid and I spent the morning playing and taking a stroll or walk around the neighborhood before lunch. Then finally, nap time. Before she had even had time to settle in and fall asleep, I was in my garage, paint laid out on my pallet, baby monitor propped up next to the easel. I was working on a particularly frustrating section of a frustrating painting when I heard a rustle and a coo through the monitor. Glancing at my watch and realizing it had only been 30 minutes, I thought, this can't be, nap time is not over. But no sooner than those feelings of disbelief had bubbled to the surface, I heard clear calls of Dada, a sure sign that a fully awake 18-month-old was calling me. With a quick impulse and building frustration, unwilling to accept the reality of the situation, I dropped my brushes and took off my apron. I walked into her room, saw her standing in her crib, hair disheveled, eyes wide and curious, and I snapped. I don't remember exactly what I said and am to some degree thankful for that, but I'll never forget the look on her face. She pushed back from the front of her crib, falling onto her diapered backside as her bright smile became a look of hurt and rejection. She started crying and so did I. What had I done? What was wrong with me? Here's this amazing little person so excited to see me, to spend time with me, and this is how I respond. I picked her up and we sat in her rocking chair, each of us calming the other in our own way. I closed my eyes and took everything in, the smell of her hair, the weight of her body, the touch of her soft cotton blanket, the feelings of unconditional love and forgiveness. I felt a new catch in my throat as I realized how much I'd missed already thanks to my misaligned priorities. I realized in that moment how wrong I was to think I could do everything and nothing would suffer. My daughter laid in my arms, her tiny fingers absently twirling the fabric of my t-shirt. Right then, I decided not to dwell on the mistakes I'd made, the things I'd missed, Instead, I resolved to miss no more, to fully embrace my role as a father and as a husband. Everything else could wait. This right here is what mattered. It's often hitting our lowest points that brings us to our highest levels. My transformation from a selfish individual into a selfless family man was slow but steady. There were still a few moments misspent and occasional misplaced frustration. But that moment stuck with me, popping up often to remind me of what, who, was really important in my life and why. I have my whole life ahead of me to paint pictures or write books when my daughter was only 18 months old for a month. Each day that goes by, I'm reminded again and again of how fleeting time is and how thankful I am for life's little slaps in the face. 
This episode is brought to you by us, more specifically the Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can get more episodes like this, you can get discounts to our store, and free gear. Head on over to the-standard.us and click on Patreon. Back to the show. Isn't it important to make sure that you fill your cup too? And, you know, it's putting your own, I don't know, I don't know if sense of joy is a good term, but, you know, for you to be a good father, good husband, I mean, you also need to, to make sure that you're filling, yeah, filling your own cup, I guess. How do you balance that? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's absolutely right. And that's something that I have, that's probably been one of the biggest questions that's kind of floated around in the back of my mind. Um, for years now is kind of how to find that balance for me it is it's hard because i am pretty introverted and i have been my whole life like i spent a ton of time on my own as a kid and i have no issues being by myself just kind of doing my own thing um it's a, it's a little harder for me to get out and and do things and spend time with other people so but there's a certain amount of that time to myself that i have to have um, and if I didn't, I wouldn't be the best version of myself for my family at home or my guys at work. And so for me, the best way I've found to balance it is I just get up really early in the morning and take full advantage of the first couple hours of the day. And anything I get beyond that, I'll take. But I, you know, if I get that first couple hours of the day, I'm, I'm generally the cup's pretty full. You're getting up at 4 a.m. Is that something you started yeah. years ago? Yeah, I started that. I started right about the time that that incident occurred. So it was, like I said, I was trying my best to just sort of use nap time and to pursue my, my other interests and really dedicate the rest of the day to her, which was fine when she was taking two hour naps. But when that started to back off, um, I wasn't getting that time. And so after, after that day, I dialed back on everything, but I still wanted the time. I still wanted to paint. I still wanted to do that stuff. So I got the idea to start getting up early and it, it wasn't four o'clock right off the bat, but I think like four 30 and it eventually dialed back to four. So yeah, pretty much every day since early 2016. Where does the painting start? So when did that start? I mean, uh, in your young youth? Yeah. So not necessarily painting, but I've drawn ever since I was a little kid and I never took to painting too much until my mid to late twenties about when that started. And I kind of took to it pretty quickly and um, had some minor successes and met some pretty cool people and had some good friends kind of in that realm. And so it was something I pursued pretty hard. But I think just being young and maybe misplaced initiative, I was I, I put a little bit too much on it and kind of lost the feelings of kind of solitude and, and enjoyment of just making a painting. And it became more about, you know, getting stuff on Instagram or trying to sell stuff and it, sort of lost its flair yeah it's kind of turned the hobby into a job a little bit yeah yeah but i wasn't good enough for it so it wasn't even like a, a job that was paying yeah i think a lot of times and i've done it my wife and i have talked about it quite a bit where you know you enjoy something as a hobby so much but then when you start i guess whether you start putting uh, monetary requirements on it or you start doing it too much to where it becomes stressful and it becomes mm -hmm. a job and then tend to shut it off sometimes a lot of people tend to shut those things off sometimes so it's like yeah. having that discipline to just enjoy it for what it is even though it could be something bigger kind of like dial it back i don't know i have that problem with with baseball sometimes in my life you know yeah 
growing up playing, sometimes it could feel like a job because you're more or less chasing that that scholarship or that draft or whatever. You sit there and look back and you're like, wait, this is a game. This is supposed to be fun, you know? Yep. Yep. That's exactly it. So, Brandon, you're a uh, a patron, so you're part of our, our community. What led you to jump on board and, you know, invest time and money into into what we're doing we really appreciate your your participation yeah i'm happy to i'm happy to do it i've i started i I came across fit to fight fire you know i don't know how many years ago um probably pretty early on in the podcast days at least and has been kind of that constant companion so when you guys were switching it up i had no issues jumping in to support it i think anytime i have the chance to you know support people that are doing something something good for others i try to try to help out where i can are you feeling like you're you're finding value in it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I like the daily emails and the the stuff and the the Patreon share is pretty cool. The videos that pop up are great. So yeah, I definitely feel like I'm getting something out of it. That's awesome, man. Because we know you're into personal development. You're a pretty avid avid reader. Um, you're yeah, saying you read over 200 books. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I started counting again. Like for some reason in early 2016, I decided to start tracking pretty much everything. And, um, so I started counting my books and I'm, I'm pushing 270 at this point since then. What are, I mean, I know I mean, you get probably asked this all the time. Like, what are your favorite, but like just off the top of your head though, what are some of your favorite, you know, that you could think of, of that you've read? Uh, I favorites hard. Um, but I think as far as like, what's been the most impactful, uh, there was I, one that I feel like, is maybe overdone or maybe it just can't be overdone, but extreme ownership was a big one. That was probably one of the first books in that sort of realm of leadership slash development that I, I read and really enjoyed. And it opened the door to a lot of others. So that one really stuck with me. I've read it a couple of times um, on the uh, fiction front. I love infinite jest by David Foster Wallace. It's um it took me a long time to get through the first time. It's like a thousand pages, but the, the impact of that book, I don't know how to really describe it. It's, it's one of the first books I've read where I really had to come to terms with the fact that when you're reading somebody else's words or somebody else's story, like you have to give them control and you have to give them, you have to trust the author. And it's a book where if you, if you waste any time trying to figure out what's going on, you're, you're just wasting time. But if you just kind of go with it and let the story seek, soak in, then in time it all comes together and it's really rewarding. Um, he also, the, uh, the author himself kind of famously wrestled with depression and wound up committing suicide. But the characters in that book, a lot of them are fairly autobiographical to one degree or another. And so being someone that fortunately I've never had to deal with depression firsthand, I have a much better understanding of it now from having read that book and similarly with addiction. So that one's really stuck with me. Um, it's interesting with that though. It's like a metaphor for life. You know, like you say, oh, for uh, sure. you know, giving the author control and not trying to figure it out and not wasting time and more, I see it as kind of just staying in the moment. Yeah. It's that. And then it's, it's what's coming in, but it's also that exposure to different ideas and different ways of thinking. Uh, that's huge. And I think that's been a big part. There's been a lot of stuff where I could probably, probably a lot of the stuff in how I think and how I interpret and how I make decisions. So much of that's been influenced by what I've read, regardless of whether I could ever cite what book it came from or not. And then, you know, like, like with infinite jest and a lot of fiction in general, I mean, just the building of that, 
the empathy and that kind of understanding and and yeah mindfulness being in the moment and just kind of learning to go with something i think it's it's been a, a really big molder of of who i am i don't know a ton of people in my circle that are are massive readers and i think you know you're at the firehouse people are in the chairs watching tv they're not in their rooms reading normally so i think it can almost seem like really intimidating to get into to, to picking up books, how would you suggest someone goes about like even starting that? Cause I, I mean, I didn't get into reading until I read the hunger games. when you're talking about not having a good meal, that's uh those are pretty stupid uh, books, but you know, that was like a quake book for me. Like it shook me that, like, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is, I'm actually really enjoying this time. Mm-hmm. How do you even approach, Hey, I'm going to go read for fun. Uh, I, I think, for one thing, like I said, it, it's kind of easy for me to be by myself. So I have no issues going, you know, once the day's done, everybody's, you know, dinner's done, everything's done, seven, eight o'clock at night. Like I'm cool to go in my bunk room and read for a while. Um, if there's something going on, by all means, I'll join in. But um, so there's that. But I also, too, one thing that really worked for me, and, you know, there's a lot of people that will dissent, but I, I bought a Kindle and I read on that thing all the time. And it's really easy to get that out and read for even just, you know, 10 or 15 minutes at a time. So, um, but I think, yeah, it, anybody that can steal away even just five or 10 minutes and read a little bit, it's going to be better than, you know, scrolling on TikTok or something. Yeah. I think having a simple goal of like, I'm just going to do four or five pages a day. And mm-hmm. it's not like, hey, I need to sit down and read this novel for hours. It makes right. it it makes it so much more accessible to listen. I can do even if it's like on the toilet, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. gonna bring this in, and and that's I usually spend five minutes scrolling Instagram. Now I'm yep. gonna spend that time. I'm just gonna knock out four pages, and I, I think eventually you'll you'll end up really enjoying the the whole process. But it's not an easy one to pick up if you're not used to no, it. No, it's not. And, and I think, honestly, like you mentioned, The Hunger Games, for me, it's Harry Potter. Like, I love the Harry Potter books. I, you know, I've started reading them to my daughter probably way before she's old enough to to handle some of those. But, yeah, I think that's, and that was for me even starting out. Like, I, I read a ton as a kid, had kind of fallen out of it for a long time. And then I met, when I first met my wife, like, she's a big reader. So she would just randomly give me books and I would, you know, chip away at them over time. And I wasn't the reader that I am now. Uh, but what happened was I just, I think you, you know, you have to let go of the idea of reading important books and just read whatever's good, especially at first when you're trying to build that habit up mm-hmm. and eventually something will grab you and you'll have that book where you just sit and read for two hours and don't know where the time went. Now you're hooked. And it's yeah. just a matter of finding more books. We were talking before we got on the podcast about being spread too thin in the fire service and, you know, Tom's a captain, but but John and I are just firemen. I'd be interested to hear what you have to say from your perspective at a busy department as you know, in that upper echelon of leadership, do you feel like we are doing too much? Like as the fire service as a whole, like responding to too much? uh, Yeah. The, the, our scope of work has expanded so much over the last few decades, you know, like, do you feel like your guys or, the fire service, if you want to talk in generalities, the fire service in general is burning its people out doing non-emergency tasks. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think when you sign up for a job that is, you know, literally a lot of people's last resort, 
a lot of stuff can fall on you job wise. And so, you know, for, for my department, it's, it's lift assists and, you know, the non-emergency runs and things like going to doctor's offices for EMS calls, the stuff that's just will wear you down mm -hmm. just out of sheer uh, day in and day out, call after call. So, yeah, I think we are, but I mean, unfortunately, short of some other kind of service popping up for some of that, I'm not sure what the, what the solution is. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how we ended. It's like, well, we've got all these problems we presented and these are the reasons they're problems. The solution is we have to say no more, but then what happens to those calls? You know, right, yeah. right. If so we don't go to go. a solution, you know, up who's going to? Yeah, I mean, and we we talked a little bit too. Like picking grandma up is not really the issue. I I think you that example you talked about is a perfect example of going to doctors' offices for EMS calls. Yeah. Like, what are we yeah. doing? You're actually lowering the level of care. Yeah, but that's the way that the systems broke. Um, we were talking about, you know, lockout assists. You know, mm -hmm. with real no no real emergency, but people yeah. want their car unlocked or they lock themselves out of the house. That's a that's kind of that call where it's like, okay, well, where do you draw the line then? You know, um, yeah, getting calls to change light bulbs. Yeah, you know, that's just where do you draw the line? And then it just compounds, and that and you know, you're seeing it on the busier departments is it's compounded so much, and we've said yes so many times that now. The hard thing is to say no, but it seems like that might be what needs to happen on some of this stuff. Right. How do you keep yeah. your guys in a positive spot? I mean, I'm sure in your battalion, I mean, you you're, you have a lot of people underneath you, and I'm sure you see the, you know, obviously we're, we're firemen, we're going to bitch and moan because that's what we do, but there there is a point of burnout when you're no longer really providing the best level of service that, you know, the, the people that we serve deserve. What's your response to when you start to see crews get that way? I think for me, a lot of it is just, I, I try to be positive and I try to be optimistic and I will let them vent, but I try to be careful not to join in. I'm not perfect, but I, I feel like I do a pretty decent job of trying to uh, lead by example in that fashion. But, you know, like I'm not afraid to take our ambulance out of service when they've ran 20 calls in a shift. Um, I'm not I'm not afraid to give an engine some downtime if they need it. Like to me, it's it's about those guys first, because if they're if they're not up to up to their game, then they're not going to provide the service that people need. So I'll make whatever accommodations I can to get them some downtime or um, coverage or whatever it takes to to make sure they're in good shape. Hey, Brandon, would you share your morning routine? I think, you know, we talk about morning yeah. routines and having a go-to way to start the day. Would you talk about you get up at 4 a.m. And, and just go from there? Yeah. Yeah. So I get up at 4 o'clock, um, actually like 3.57, but 4 o'clock. And uh, it differs a little bit uh, based on whether I'm working or not. So, like, if it's a day that I'm going on shift, I got to leave my house by about 6.20. So I get up at 4 I'll spend 10 minutes uh, stretching slash meditating, uh, whatever you want to call it, kind of like yoga, but just stretching, kind of libering up. And then I'll sit and write in my journal for 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes at the most. Uh, and that gives me time to put my running shoes on and go run three or four miles uh, and then you know shower and go to work. Um, the days when I'm off, I have obviously a little bit more time. Um, and so I'll, 
I'll usually will write longer. I'll, I'll do longer journal entries or I'll read a little bit. And sometimes I, I may not work out uh, early in the morning if I'm going to like lift or something later in the day. But the, the big things are the stretching and the meditating and the, the journaling in the morning are huge. Um, that first hour and a half, two hours really kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day. And can you notice, I mean, a day where you miss that, is it obvious for you throughout the day? Something happens where you just don't get to it? Is it really? I, I, I don't miss it. I, I was going to say, I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting for the answer. Yeah. I don't miss yeah. it. A lot of it is just kind of, it's learning that I really, when I commit to something and, and follow through with it, it's, I, I generally grow from it. Um, you know, sticking to something like a daily workout routine or writing in my journal every day, like I, if I can keep myself going, then I'm going to get something from it. And even more so that generally, if I set my mind to it, I can keep myself going. Um, beyond like just myself, I've learned it's helped me to better realize that, um, you know, while it may be easier to be sort of in my own world, it's a lot more rewarding when I have other people in it. Uh, and when I'm dedicating my efforts and my attention to them at home or at work. And so, yeah, just that, you know, growth is possible, change is possible and, and self-reflection and stuff like that is actually kind of fun once you, once you get into it and, and get the habit built up. Well, man, I, thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for being yeah, a part of our community, man. If we can just get a few more of people like you, I mean, that's the, the goal is that not only will our patrons like hear us, but we want, I mean, our, we have a list of accomplished people and want to make sure that that you guys are uh at the forefront just like we are so um thank you very much for that yeah thank you i think that's that's really cool to include the the audience like that the supporters well it's like we we wanted you on this podcast to learn from you and so why should we why should we be the only ones you know yeah awesome well thanks brother i appreciate it